joyful Mass this is, the first Sunday School Mass. So for all of the parents and family of our students, please receive our hearty welcome. And I beg your pardon because this is going to be kind of a rough homily because our Lord is giving us a very, a very direct uh, gospel today. You know it's going to be good when we have you wicked servant in it. You know this is going to be good. Why is this servant wicked? Well, we already know the whole story. Huge amount, got forgiven. Guy got greedy, started choking out his fellow servant. And then from that point, it made, it way, it made its way back up the chain. And now everything's not so good for this wicked servant. But it doesn't answer the question, why is he wicked? I mean, assault is bad. But assault doesn't go down to the very core of who you are. That is why this servant is wicked. Because of the reality of unforgiveness. Now, I've been here for about two and a half months or so. And I believe I've preached in one form or another, beloved son, beloved daughter, the reality of our identity in Christ. That is because of a moment like this. The alternative is if we choose to not forgive, if we choose to hold on to that grudge, we are not sons and daughters of God, we are children of Satan. Period. End of story. Why? Well, two things. Number one, we're violating a divine command. Not only at the end of this gospel, but let's go back to the Our Father. Forgive us our trespasses. Do you realize that it's a condition? Namely, if we choose to not forgive, we are asking God to not forgive us. That's kind of a stark reality, because if we're not forgiven by God, there is only one destination. Eternal hell. That's the stakes that we're messing with today. But going back down to the identity, why is that so deadly? Why can't I just nurture this grudge or harbor this hurt feeling? Well, there's a few reasons, but the primary one is when I say I choose to not forgive, it also says I choose to take upon myself the divine right of vengeance and condemnation. And if I choose to take on the right of condemnation and vengeance, I say that it is not the property of God, and therefore I say, I am God. There's the connection. And it follows very clearly what Satan said, non serviam, I will not serve. Better to reign in hell than to serve in heaven. So, I'd rather not deal with something like unforgiveness. 
but to understand what unforgiveness is and what forgiveness is versus what it's not, let's dispel a couple of the myths. Forgiveness is not returning buddy-buddy to the person that you're upset with. That's called reconciliation. Forgiveness is a prerequisite, but reconciliation is the hope, but the church understands, and so does our Lord, that sometimes a wound goes too deep to reconcile fully. Now, forgiveness is also not saying forgive and forget. That's called stupidity. Forgiveness is also not this emotional feeling of, okay, I finally can let you go. Forgiveness is a choice. Forgiveness is a choice which then can heal the emotion, but forgiveness is a choice which says, you are worthy of the same mercy that I am worthy of. You're worthy of the sacrifice of the cross. Because if I choose to not forgive, I also say I choose to say Christ does not die for you. Here's the other thing. Someone doesn't need to be the recipient of your forgiveness. That's all well and good. That furthers reconciliation. But forgiveness is the choice of one to say, I surrender this back to God. That's what it means to forgive from the heart. And if I choose to hold on to that, I say that the control I have over the person is worth more than the liberation that Christ has wrought in me. Now that's all well and good. But how do we actually practice that? Because the reality is, I'm not going to ask you to do something that I myself have not yet done. Or that I do not attempt to do. It's hard. It is. You're made for greatness, not for comfort. So let me demonstrate this a little bit. Some of you may know, a vast majority probably do not yet, I'm a child of divorce. However, I wasn't a little kid when this happened. No, I was 22 years old and in my second year of seminary. When this happened, yes, there was a broken relationship that happened along with it. And it particularly involved me and my father. Now, being a seminarian, I have all of the helps in the world. Namely, the chapel was 15 seconds from my room. I had at least a dozen priests and a fully licensed clinical psychologist on staff that I could work with. It took me six years to reconcile. But it was a constant choice to forgive. It's hard. It's not impossible. But how did I arrive there? I arrived there because of a few things. Number one, my connection to the Lord via prayer and via the sacraments, but especially via confession. And this is my ask. 
Parents, you may have been told by your kids that over the past couple of weeks, we were working to get them all confessed. This is beautiful. I took great delight in bestowing the Lord's mercy. Guess what? It's all of your turn now, too. If we do not receive the mercy of God, if we do not rest completely and serenely beneath his merciful gaze, we have a wrong analogy for mercy. Ergo, the attempts that we make to forgive are going to end up a little bit short. Here's my ask. If it's been longer than six months, my preference is if it's been longer than a month, but certainly if it's been longer than six months, I beg you to come to confession. I beg you to receive your inheritance of mercy. I beg you to allow the devil to no longer have any claim over you. I beg it of you. Because the reality is, if we choose to not receive confession, we're also choosing not to be forgiven. And if we choose not to be forgiven, there's only one place we go. So I beg of you. Receive confession. Receive the sacrament of mercy. Receive it frequently and often. But on top of that, receive the grace of the Eucharist. That charity which binds us all together. Receive the new life that we hear about in the second reading. For if we live, we live for the Lord. Not merely for ourselves, and certainly not for ourselves. We live for him. I know it's hard. I know life is crazy. But if we choose to do this, I guarantee you, you will find the Lord fighting for you more powerfully than you could ever imagine. Also, you're going to find that the devil hates you even more. That's a pretty good enemy to have, to be honest. So, are we satisfied with the status quo? Holding on to whatever grudge we may have and allowing the poison to course through our hearts and slowly kill us and damn us? Or... Do we choose to say that person is, same, is worth the same mercy as me? And I cannot love them if I first do not love myself and receive that same mercy personally. Do we choose to let the Lord rule or do we choose to let the devil rule? As for me and as for those that I have the privilege of ministering to, We're going to the Lord. Praised be Jesus Christ.